0: Welcome to Dig in the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist dharma and explore ways to bring these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the Online Dharma Institute. And I'm
1: John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center, and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher and teacher trainer, and founder of Space to Meditate. So, greetings, Doug. How are you doing? Good to see you again, John. Uh, this is my real voice I'm not artificially uh, <laughs> created um, and uh, this is the podcast we're recording after the podcast we recorded on artificial intelligence and the Dharma and it's a, it's it's such a lively topic you know we and we were we were starting to talk about mindfulness and art and and AI in a sense mm. and, and uh, whether AI has experiences of say coffee. You know, sure. and, and just this notion of direct experience, which is mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a component of.
0: It is the central idea of mindfulness. Yeah, really. exactly. And, it's um... And waking up is supposed to be something that we do or enlightenment through the direct seeing of you yeah. know, the aspects of non-self, of dukkha, of uh, change, anicca. Um, yeah. So direct experience is a big deal. And this in concept of. How we aw- approach the Dharma.
1: Yeah, and uh, Sampajana, you know, sort of bare awareness and, and really kind of understanding, yes, clearly knowing what's happening moment to moment. Mm. You know, this this sets us apart to some degree, of course, from other ways of being. <clears throat> and if we, if we look at the wheel of samsara, which, you know, is one of my favorite images in, in Buddhism, mm. uh, the, the realms of existence...
0: Sort of describe it maybe for people who. Yeah, so
1: there there are, well, there's the hub, which is greed, hatred, and delusion. And then around that hub are are some beings going into the hell realms and some beings going into the heavenly realms. And around that are these seven realms of existence, which I'll get to in a second. And around that are the 12 links of dependent origination. Mm -hmm. And there's this big Mara. Right. The whole thing is. (laughs) Yeah. And so the realms of existence are the human realm which I'll come back to. And then there's the animal realm and the hell realms, the realms of the hungry ghosts, the realms of the titans or the ashuras, and then the heavenly realms. The human realm is the realm that has the potential for awakening. At the same time, we're continually falling into these other realms. But until we actually realize that we're falling into those those other realms, in other words, until there's a knowing of that, then we're basically never in the human realm to some degree. In other words, that there are plenty of humans that are not would not be in that human realm. Because they wouldn't realize it. They wouldn't yeah. realize it, yeah. That they have that potential. But once you have a glimpse of that potential, then you're curious, right? And 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 you start to like really look at your experience in a particular way. And, and your moment to-moment experience, so not necessarily the experience of future thinking or past thinking, but actually what's happening now and how we relate to that. And so you know, and what, we, what wisdom we gain from that and, and when we start to see the causes of certain things and recognize that you know we can perhaps change our uh, attitudes and our, our uh, way of being and how that impacts the rest so it's there's there's a process that's going on here and the question is of course in the in the ai world does that that process happen or could it yeah and put it happen Mm -hmm. um so that's one thing and then the other thing is just the the direct experience of and the and and this is a big thing i think in terms of ai it's like uh, we we receive experiences either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So there's the there's a visceral um, reaction to something that isn't a feeling, isn't tone, a feeling tone that, that isn't yeah. something we think about. It's just experienced, mm-hmm. bang, and then from that other things happen. Yeah, right. So it's like, all right. So if I'm having a pleasant experience. Am I going to get attached to that pleasant experience and want more of that pleasant experience? And when that pleasant experience ends, how, how do I respond? Am I going to suffer as a result of that pleasant experience ending? Or is there mm-hmm. enough awareness to realize, oh, it's, it's normal that these experiences end and something else will come along? And just, you know, recognizing the, the nature of existence, basically. AI can, of course, know about that. It can be... You know, it learns about that on a cognitive level, but does it actually experience that? And this is, you know, and, and does it have the potential to experience that? Can't really experience physical pain, I don't think, at least yet, or physical pleasure, right? And as we were kind of talking about or alluding to, you know, it doesn't understand the value and taste of coffee and or anything else. Right. It can talk right. about it, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, because it's learned somehow if we if we typed in well what's your favorite coffee i'm sure it would come back with a list of you know might have a favorite coffee but that would be based on the person that programmed it so it's
0: based on the information that it took in the training yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. so it's so you know this is all you know bringing us back to the to the question of sentience and what it is to be yeah truly alive i guess
0: um yeah and and in um we discussed in our last podcast uh, about uh, Blake Lemoyne and his feeling that he he's a, he used to be a, a researcher at Google and claimed that the uh, chat bot that he was working on uh, called Lambda, that it was sentient. In the discussion that he had, that he ch- the chat that he had that he uh, posted on the web, part of what got him fired from Google, by the way, as I recall, it was in that chat where he asked uh, Lambda uh, sort of what, it, it wasn't him actually, it was another person on that chat, asked Lambda what its experiences were like, what kind of experiences it had, and how its experiences were different from human experiences. And Lambda had an answer. It said that it just sort of experienced the data around it, that it was sort of floating in a sea of data, right, of information, that it was kind of in the sea of, I've forgotten exactly what it said, but something to that, to that effect. So it's presumably, uh, it has something like, it wouldn't have, Visual experiences, it wouldn't have auditory, but it might have mental experiences. I mean, it might experience a chat. You know, it's experiencing the words that you're giving it somehow. Right. right. It's experiencing perhaps uh, uh, some kind of awareness of whatever it was trained upon, which we might term memory. It's hard to say. But I, I don't, th- what I'm saying is that I don't think it's clear that it has no experiences at all. I don't know, but yeah, i was just saying, yeah, it might, yeah. it, you know, it might have some that were not quite – it's like the, there was a very famous uh, philosophy paper called What It's Like to Be a Bat by Thomas Nagel that he wrote a long time ago. And he was asking the question, Is there some, There certainly is something it must be like to be a bat, but a bat has these this different way of seeing the world in terms of echolocation sure. yeah. Yeah. that is not anything like human experience. Right. So there might be something that's like to be a bat that we could never know about. Right. So in the same way, there might be something that's like to be a, I mean, I'm just guessing, maybe, maybe there's something that's like to be a chat program that's not anything like what we experience, some other way of of interacting with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, on the other hand, AI can also see things as our cars, you know, can, you know, we know can see lane markers and so on. So it's possible in time that you know, AI will develop the ability to see and hear, much like we do. Uh, Of course, they can to a limited extent, but chatbots can't. So, you know, I mean, all this is just, you know, and I
1: mean, you know, you, you were talking about, <clears throat> about bats and that's also a question of, of perception. And of course, most of the non human world has, you know, a different way of perceiving the world than we do. Sure. And, and we have no idea what we're missing as a result. Yeah. Or what and they, they would not necessarily have an idea what they're missing in terms of how we yeah. see the world. I mean the question is or one question is in terms of just going back to The uh, artificial intelligence that does, quote, see uh, self-driving cars, which have been programmed to see and see certain things, will they also know when they've perhaps been, you know, when there's a malfunction and Mm -hmm. what it thought it was seeing is actually not what it's seeing? Right. And does it learn from that?
0: Um, that prob- not now, yeah, but yeah. maybe
1: if, maybe in ten years, who knows? Yeah, or when yeah. somebody's hacked it, you know, you can mm-hmm. just imagine all the hacking that could. The potential for hacking in artificial intelligence is really scary. <laughs> yeah, for sure, you know, and uh, the hell that would create, and because regardless of how intelligent these beings are. Of these beings see, I'm already falling into that. <laughs> well, being is
0: yes, a <laughs> general, then, general claim. Okay, I don't know. These
1: machines are, uh, <laughs> these neural path, these neural boxes are, they will also fall prey to greed, hatred, and delusion. Whether it's whether it comes from them, you know, through some, you know, that would be that would be an interesting one, that right? That would be the, the, um the malfunction you know that would be talk about malware right (laughs) the malware would be somebody implanting greed hatred and delusion in here
0: well they certainly display delusion um even now yeah Uh, i mean and people talked about that in lots of these articles we see on the web uh you know of all the mistakes that they make and they dissemble about things that you know that that you'll ask them a question that and and they'll give you an answer that looks perfectly fine but that it just has no relation to reality right know. Because they're trained to sort of, you know, spit out uh, words that sound convincing, but you know, in my way of thinking of things, it's sort of like, but humans do the same thing. All yeah, the yeah, way, exactly. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like that's what we do. Is, yeah, is, yeah. is BS about things, you know. So that's not really any different from us. That's just <laughs> that's just sort of being. So
1: you know, so if we if we if we say that an awakened being is an awake a being that only. Uh, whose actions are all based in compassion and wisdom and and
0: uh, uh,
1: generosity, right? So if the artificial intelligence is programmed in a way that is only based on that those three qualities, that all of its responses are based on compassion, wisdom and generosity, would that be an awakened artificial intelligence? Yeah, you know yeah, it's a good question. Even though it probably would have no direct experience in the way that we think of direct experience. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this notion of direct experience um, of truly knowing what's happening moment to moment in our experience, truly mm-hmm. knowing the arising and fading away of phenomena, truly knowing when greed is arising or when desire is arising in an unhealthy way, etc. You know, this is a, a you know, a, a very Obvious line that AI may or may not have crossed yet. We don't know, but in you know we, we should kind of uh, we should. I think it's interesting to kind of look at our own lives moment to moment. You know, as we practice and mm-hmm. and and as our mindfulness strengthens and we experience the fruition of that. You know, what are we actually experiencing? You know, when there is a direct experience of compassion a direct experience of wisdom and a direct experience of generosity what what happens next and and you know how is that felt in the body you know and how does it impact all of our actions following that you know so these are things that we just don't know with with ai because Mm -hmm. it's only a box or you know
0: well, a, we could see how, or it in the cloud, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. In a way, it's sort of—it's all fabrications coming out in different ways, yeah. yeah. Which, of course, mm-hmm. is is often how most humans behave too. You know, <laughs> yeah. so that we don't know that what what we're you know the stories that we're telling ourselves are just fabrications. We take them as direct experience, mm-hmm. um, and it's not that some of those fabrications aren't a result of direct experience. But at some point, we have to recognize that now they're just fabrications, um, right?
0: And uh, you know, how do and we? You want to come up with with skillful ones rather than right, exactly, <laughs> rather, rather than unskilled. Yeah, yeah, ones. yeah. I mean, one of the videos I'll be coming out with is a quest, this question about whether there's a, you know any anything to be made of a of an enlightened AI, whether there whether we could create one or whether it would have to, you know, eventually create itself somehow, you know. Because all the stuff it's been trained on, uh, these, these artificial intelligences that we know of, at least the ones we have produced, mm-hmm. are trained on all this human information. And so, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? I mean, they've been trained on a lot of stuff that, you know, involves greed, hatred, and delusion, for right. sure. So yeah. you would yeah. expect them to be <laughs> to be, at some level, influenced by that.
1: Sure. And, you know, are the... Is the AI that's being developed in... You know, countries which are authoritarian, you know, or mm. you know, different systems are they going to be? You know, they're obviously going to lean in that direction, and uh, you know, just like one would assume, you know, yeah. just just no different than how people are,
0: <laughs> right? And and there will be. I mean, the, uh, talking about authoritarian systems, you know, all of these AIs will be nailed down to one degree or another by by human programmers. I mean, we we've already seen that with chat GPT, which, you know, sort of will not answer certain quest basically won't answer certain kinds of questions that you give it. But you know, the que- but what remains is that as these uh, intelligences get more and more powerful, yeah. if they develop a sense of, of self, if they develop a sense of, you know, what they like and what they don't like, are they going to continue to be able to be nailed down? by people like us right right (laughs) you know yeah Uh, i mean this is a question um uh because you know if we don't maybe they aren't sentient but they may eventually demand to be seen as sentient whether we want to or not well then the
1: question is if they're sentient of course do they develop senility
0: (laughs) yeah well yeah (laughs) and do they die uh, yeah. you know, Now, I should say that sentient was the question we asked in the last yeah, podcast, yeah. but it's essentially the same question because when we're asking, do they sense, do they see directly, do they experience directly? That's what sentience means yeah. is to sense, is to have senses. Right. You yeah, know? yeah, so, and sense, yeah. And they're lacking some of those. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and it also presumably means that their life begins and their life ends. That has something to do with it as well, you know. Sure. And and uh, they grow and they mature and they age,
0: etc. Um, there's a process, and and maybe more like gods in the in the sort of you know Buddhist sense of, of beings that can live, very powerful beings that are very smart that can live for long periods of time. But right. they're just as you know fallible as we are, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll eventually pass away. Though I was thinking, you know,
1: we were we were talking at the end of the last that podcast about we didn't it wasn't at the end, but at some at some point it came up, you know, the computer HAL in in uh, a space odyssey Kubrick's film as he was being dismantled, he was regressing right Mm -hmm. to the very first thing that he was programmed in. what was that film? That other film that came out decades later. Benjamin Button, right? Who who was born as a was it? he was born as an old man and then got younger as the movie proceeded, mm. and and there was this process like that. And um, so, how will that? I mean, of course, how was disassembled manually, right? Turned off, sort of, bit yeah, by bit.
0: bit by bit. <laughs> <laughs> Before bits were even really talked about in the general public, but um, well, it's really a pretty accurate. I mean, it seems to me actually relatively accurate way of understanding the way you turn off a. That's true. Yeah, you know a um, um,
1: neural network. Yeah. So you know this whole issue of direct experience and and uh, embodied experience,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, which is also a big part of that. I mean that is direct experience, is an embodied experience. You know, we, as you said, we're experiencing everything through our senses, mm-hmm. and of course the mind is considered one of those senses. Right? In Buddhism, it is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a in a sense, what you're what we're saying is that the primary sense of AI AI right now is that mind. You know, at
0: least the chat chat thoughts, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that
1: it's just taking in things in a cognitive way and and in, in, and interpreting them in some way through the data that it's know that it has as we do but it's not getting the other input in a direct way and it's not feeling it in a direct way right um, not yet anyway
0: right well but, I mean there's there's ongoing work in in integrating all of these things together so it, I think it won't be too long before we'll have an integrated intelligence that can see and hear as well uh, right
1: but will it it, it won't have the embodied experience, meaning it won't have that direct experience that humans and, and other animals obviously do, higher animals do, that when you receive something through a sense, it's felt in many different ways physically in mm. this body that we have.
0: I don't um, know. Maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who yeah. knows? Well, we have to see. <laughs> It'll be interesting to ask. Oh, that'll <laughs> be scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean because these these uh, neural networks are as a, are, are black boxes, you know. What goes on in them is not something that's necessarily in fact it's not predictable. Um they learn by uh, a, you know sort of ran, almost randomly adjusting weights over trillions of different neural right. net, you know neural yeah. junctions. And they're, they're it's done automatically, it's not done by humans. So there's always little things that may come up that you just don't expect. I mean like uh there's a really interesting paper that talks about um chat g p t uh or i'm sorry g p t three uh and how it seems to have developed its own theory of other minds um that it's able to determine that you know that that there are other beings out there that have different ideas than it does, but that was not programmed into it in other words n- none of the programmers put that there right It just came out by by training when it got large enough and complex enough and had enough training it sort of learned and you know that's the kind of thing that happens with these neural networks is that you have all kinds of things that sort of come out that you hadn't necessarily expected sure. yeah. so it's always possible that you know you would have a, a, a machine you know that it would say it it felt the the you know that the, the the visual information it was getting it felt in another modality, you know, who knows? I, I'm just guessing. But, well, you know, it, all I can say is I'm going
1: to go, after we're through here, I'm going go to go go back to chat GPI and say, tell me about your favorite coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll give you an answer, but it won't, it won't be because it knows the taste of it. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I can tell you, you know, my favorite coffee is... Uh, a good latte with not quite as much milk as they normally put in, you know, mm. it's a slightly darker roast. Um,
0: you like lattes? You like the?
1: Well, I I, I need some milk generally, yeah, um, but it doesn't have to be. You know, I don't. And the problem is lattes usually when they make it in a, a, a most cafes, it has too much milk, so I have to mm. request less. So, but it's sort of between a cortado and a latte, you know. Um,
0: yeah, I like a little bit less than a cortado. Yeah, just uh, less just than a, a bit. cortado. So you like a yeah.
1: cafe my. Uh,
0: Basically, like a macchiato—macchiato, kind of ma- macchiato, just that mark
1: of yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah, uh, Good a to tiny know. Okay,
0: a ton of bit of milk. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I made a mistake once in Rome of of asking for a a latte macchiato. Ah. That was a big mistake because basically I had a steamed milk with a mark of coffee. <laughs> and I was with <laughs> I a I was with an Italian friend, and and she looked at it and said, Oh, you asked for the wrong thing." You know? <laughs> that was. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's like milk with coffee, as opposed
1: to you know. Yeah, and
0: this is one of the things we're going. I'm uh, as we're recording this, I'm about to go off to Spain. Um, and one of the uh, one of the issues in Spain is that they, you know, they have these uh, cortado. Cortado is a Spanish way of doing coffee, which means, Mm -hmm. um, cut. And usually it should be sort of half, like an espresso that's sort of half coffee and half milk but in a lot of places uh i've noticed that they sort of make more milk than coffee and so i've i've taken to you know sort of telling them we want a, i want a cortado with very little very little milk but right. it's hard for them to necessarily do right, that right
1: right right so then you have to order a macchiato and
0: put yeah, a little more milk they in it yeah don't know in spain so Ah, oh yeah much. okay well <laughs> unless you go to a specialized coffee place right but your average uh you know ca- cafe in spain you ask for a macchiato they would look at you strange <laughs> yeah
1: so we bring this up just to remind you that we are supported by you're buying us coffee in one way or another directly or yep. well, indirectly, actually through our website and buymeacoffee.com. Our website yep. is com, where you can feel free to, to leave us your comments or send us your comments or requests or questions. Uh, and we'll figure out if you're actually real or artificial intelligence. <laughs> and if you're uh, a
0: bot, please let us know because yes. we won't be able to tell <laughs> the difference
1: <laughs> necessarily. And, uh, yeah, this is such an interesting conversation, and I I I I, uh, I I look forward to doing a little more research on this, but not too much. <laughs> it's
0: gonna, it's it,
1: it, you will be forced to in the next ten years, I'm afraid. I, well, you'll be forced will, to confront it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. It's just how much do I really want to know? Because it might just leave me a little disconcerted.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big uh, lesson for all of us in yeah. oneself, I think. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what the Buddha said was uh, was pretty incisive,
1: and we'll pretty soon instead of self-driving cars, it'll be non-self-driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the non-self will drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that that's a koan to sit on with. That, All
0: yeah, right, well, friends. That, on that note, <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: Have a great trip to Spain, and, and we'll see you. <laughs> you when you're back. Okay. Yep. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast please leave a review on your podcast directory. And please check us out at digginthedharma.com where you can leave a comment, buy us a coffee, and even become a member. You can find out more about me, John Aaron, at johnaron.net and Doug at DugsDarma.com.